Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and we're continuing our discussion with Dennis Gamby. We're talking about the qualities that we see and enjoy in business leaders. So when you're looking at the qualities that you see as ideal in business leaders and you find some, yep. or you find one or two that are, that are ideal business leaders, do you gravitate towards where they're working? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you tend to do that. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden you make that connection and you go, oh, this looks interesting. I um, yes. want to get involved with that or yes. you know, want to be a part of that journey, want to be a part of that uh, potential success that might come with whatever it is they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Regardless so, of how hard that the effort's going to be for you to do it, you know, if it's got things where it's an industry that you're not so... so conversant with or it's a physical location that you don't particularly want to be travelling to. That comes back to the risk. The risk and ultimately what you value as the reward, whether it be personal or financial or whatever else you want, but Mm. it's that ability to assess that and go, you know what, this is actually worth giving it a go. Mm. Um, Or no, I'm going to go back in my box and be happy where I am, Um, which, you know, obviously a lot of people do and and there's nothing wrong with that. They understand where their their boundaries are and that's, that's a good thing. But for those who want to take a bit of a risk, I think there's, yeah, there's opportunity for that. Now, in your career so far, you worked for a number of organisations. Hmm. Is there a difference between those organisations? Yeah, or... look, there's a lot of commonality, mm-hmm. yeah, but typically there are a lot of differences. In walking into the organisations, one of the first things is, you know, how does it function? What's its modus operandi? What's ultimately its culture? What's the mm-hmm. of things? How does it get things done? That's important for me because I like to achieve results. I like to actually get things done. So I need to get an understanding of how do they do that. And you need to also, in a large organisation, do understand politics. It exists um, Mm -hmm. and you can't avoid it. It doesn't mean you necessarily have to always play along with it, but you need to at least have an appreciation. So it's that the ability to work within that. I Mm -hmm. think that's really important. So yes, there there are... Typically, there are many differences. The one that's uh, that sticks out in my mind is, is, and I know it's a, it's a fairly casual, but the cultural elements are really mm-hmm. important. You don't get that in the first week or two. You really need to spend good 90 days, 180 days to, to get the flavour of it, to get mm-hmm. um, to understand how it is you can work within an organisation and actually make things happen. And there are elements of culture, there are elements of operation, elements of bar- the behaviours and the values that the, the organisation lives by. There's those sort of things. You know, do they, you know... Every organisation will have a set of values. Yes. Do they actually live them? Mm. You know, is it ingrained in what they do? Mm. Does it will that you know does it allow me to understand why they do the things they do? Mm-hmm. You know, some will and some won't. So, what sort of research do you do before you look at a new yeah, so opportunity? Yeah. Aside from the aside from the obvious, which is you know the public available material, mm. big websites, big newspapers, mm. whatever. You go and find someone who's working in there. Yes. Um, who's that, currently working there, or that, well, who has worked or. Yep. Um, who has worked there in the past because mm-hmm. you want to get an understanding of why did they leave or the other, yep, you know, yep, other yep. things. Maybe it was just that they had a great other opportunity. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's mm-hmm. some issues within the organisation that you, that would help um, knowing about. Uh, but certainly then finding contacts within the organisation that, that you know, that's that's to me that's probably the number one way to get a, a sense of flavour of how the organisation functions and what are some of the issues that you potentially might face when you're walking from a people perspective. So if you put yourself on the other side of the table and you're looking for a senior executive to yeah. come in to the organisation, is there a place in the recruitment process for them to come in and have a day to wander around and talk to people? I, at, it's, at it's, an issue, it's an interesting idea. Um, I, haven't, I haven't quite seen it in, in 
No, I haven't seen it. I'm just no. interested. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, I haven't seen it in, in a business sense. I've seen it in other arenas, yeah. in a competitive sense, because I'm involved in some competition stuff. Right. And often we, as competitors, we will be invited in before the competition to have a look at what other competitors are doing. The thinking behind it is that it gives you a sense of how much effort you need to put in, what the judges are going to be expecting. Mm. It also gives you a feeling of the venue itself. Yeah, so yeah. so the, the competition room and if you haven't been there before, you get a bit more comfortable with where mm. things are. Mm. So it's, it's mm. just a sort of a, it, it works both ways yeah, 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 um, yeah. without you being on the spot. Yeah, the closest um, I've gotten to that is in, in one organisation that I went to work for, they had gone through a substantial amount of restructuring uh, and the person that, was, that I was dealing with was going looking to recruit the role I was going for. Once we got to virtually the end point, they said, look, I want you to go and have a chat to the consultant who did a lot of the work around the new structure, the reorganisation. They provided me the reports that the consultant provided, which were quite hefty, as you can imagine, and gave me an opportunity to go through all of that to see... And, and it was quite open in mm-hmm. terms of the information they provided. You know, all the issues that they were facing were very well very well documented. Which, which again is something that's interesting for you to take yes. on board and they were that open about yes. the issues yeah. that we're going to face you. It, it, was virtually, it was virtually right at the end though. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the yeah. notion of you're down to the last two or three right. and then mm-hmm. let's see how you... Mm. Yeah. No, I, I haven't seen that in the past. Again, the only thing that comes close to it is if you do some form of testing, but that's again mm-hmm. um, very stylized, very clinical. It mm-hmm. doesn't put you into a position of um, knowledge of what the organisation is actually doing has been done at, you, your question was about the senior levels and my knowledge is the same as what you just covered. But in relation to, we mentor school, high school, finally, a lot of organisations do that and individuals like the executives take on that mentoring role. And in doing that, we bring them into what we call the office towers <laughs> and get them to see what that looks like. So a like global organisation, whether it's a law firm, whether it's a cons- accountancy firm, a bank. And I was surprised is that, I didn't think about it before, but when we did do it, people were really appreciative. You, these students have not been. And you just think, oh, well, you go past the building all the time, but you don't know what's it look like on the inside. And when you walk them through each floor and say, this is operations, this is where people deal with the clients, this is where the front counter is, or whatever it is, it makes more sense to them. So I guess there's room throughout that, particularly then the next stage will be the graduates. You know how there's a lot of graduate programs, and we could before we pick the graduates, maybe we could show them so they can choose whether they want to go to company A, B or C. But at executive level, I like what happened with you and I think there's more room for that. Yeah, absolutely. And look, when you you ask the question, I was thinking, you know, when you look at the recruitment process, has it changed that much? No, it hasn't. How many years? And, and, and you know that that's probably something that really needs a paradigm shift oh, because so, yeah. the because industry itself is has changed so much. So, you know, why are we still? You talked about it right at the beginning. Why are we still doing this same process, hanging on to this process because we're comfortable with it? Because you know, for eighty percent of the time, it works. And if we don't get the right person, well, there's so many others out there that we'll just find the next one. And we don't look at the cost involved of that changeover of personnel. You know, and at this level, it, it, it can be costly in all sorts of ways. And I know we talk about you know, cultural fit yes. when you're mm. recruiting. Mm. How do you spend the time 
and he yeah. spent sufficient time to actually assess that cultural fit. And, and typically we go through a multiple series of interviews and, and, mm. and try to assess that during, what, three or four interviews maybe? Yeah, which is, which is a completely yeah, unnatural way right. of selecting yeah. someone because no one's going to be talking generally about how they feel. You know, the, the, the biggest change to recruitment in my time was that we moved from just advertising a job to having selection criteria. Right. And, and you have to address the selection criteria. So everyone on the selection criteria says, must be able to work in a team. So everyone says, I can work in a team. That's right. <laughs> just not very well. Leave right. <laughs> yeah. that part out of it, of course. Yeah, that's right. So how do you, how do, you do that? How do you change what we do today in order to make that that assessment more relevant and true, and you should get it. I mean, if you're able to do that, quite obviously you get a much better result. If we look at it, at it broadly in terms of recruiting as a phrase, mm-hmm. we start with kindergarten. They have an open day, so mm-hmm. the kids can see what the school's like. They have a day where the kids stay there, so they see what it's like to be at school for right, a day. Right. We do it with high schools. Yeah. We do it with universities. Have open days. Yeah. We do with work experience with kids. Now, I had a lolly shop for a long time and I'd have kids in who'd think they, they would be clientele and then right. they'd say, I'd really like to do my work experience with you. And I'd say, well, it's very different when you're working here, you know. I'm not the nice lady behind the counter when you're working here. But to, for them to see in a week what it meant to be on the business side rather than the customer side and to have to deal with the customers as well often changed their minds about sometimes that it actually instilled in them a a desire Mm -hmm. to do something that was along those lines and for others it was just I can't do this I can't you know I want to sit behind a screen I don't want to talk to people for a week I don't want to have to talk to people when I don't feel like it and so it for for me and for them because often I'd look at them as potential part-time employees as well. If yes. I'd invested a week's worth of training in them, right. um, I wanted to see that there was some return for me as well as for them. So we do it in all of these stages, but when we get to sort of middle to upper management, it's all of a sudden it's hands-off, you know, let's, right. let's just talk to them behind the desk and we yeah. won't do anything more. I just want to get to all believe that, you know, you're... You're going to hold enough and therefore... Yes, you know, we're you, mature you, enough you, now. We're mature enough, <laughs> supposedly have to assess the risk yourself, but uh, from, from the other side, from the organisation's perspective, I think it's probably more important in terms of ensuring you get the right cultural fit. Yes. And how you do that through a series of three or four interviews, I don't quite understand myself. You have to spend it a lot more about um, finding about the history of the person, yeah. and not just the referees that the person nominate. And that's always been tricky, because when people apply for a job, they nominate a referee and you don't want to be talking to people where it's a confidentiality. You want to respect timing, confidentiality. But I I guess there's no reason why organisations can't do what you mentioned as an individual. Talk to people who worked with you before. Talk to, you know, you said when I'm going to look for work in an organisation, as someone who worked there is working there now. So when you're engaging an individual, you could say, has anybody I know through the network that worked with, say, Dennis or Fuliano or Kim? And what were they like in real life? Not so referee as such, but also so we can see results. But as a person, how do they behave? I think it's really important to get that, that additional information. Mm. Doing that from people who've worked with someone before yes. is really good. Not necessarily just the referees. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the referee system was never no. reliable. No, exactly. 
Well, who are you going to give as a referee? I mean, someone's going to say how good you are. <laughs> well, you know, I had a coach mentor many years ago, who, who, and we spent a lot of time with this, and, you know, when you're trying to mm. do some self-awareness stuff, mm. yeah. um, you know, where do you go, where do you go, how do you behave in periods of stress? Yeah. What is your leadership style when Robbie hits the road and you're under stress and you're being pressured to deliver, so on and so forth? And that probably demonstrates the true underlying characteristics, characteristics. of an individual. Yeah. If you could somehow mix that into deciding on a visual for a role, yeah. that would be great. Because it truly is. I mean, and, and it was the reason I was looking at that with this person was looking at it with me was also to uh, get better self self awareness as to when those situations do come along. Yeah. Is recognise how you behave at a particular point mm-hmm. in time. You could ask that question at interview though, what, what yeah. strategies do you use? Because you normally, as you said, you revert to time under stress, yeah. so what do you normally do? And give examples of that. For example, you know that if you're in a really not in the right frame of mind, you don't initiate certain meetings or you reschedule certain meetings without inconveniencing others but you want to be in top shape for a certain topic and it's okay to sort of have a distance and step back a bit until you are because you want to project at the best for you for the company and for your peers as well and organization the question that i find works really well for me in that process is is the superpower one so you say to them what if you were a superhero what, what power would you like to have Mm-hmm. And the the thinking that goes behind it yeah. is often quite revealing and the answer that they give because it's not a question that they're expecting, it's not a question they've been asked before necessarily unless I've interviewed them before, yeah. uh, but it, it gives me a sense of how they think mm-hmm. uh, What uh, often what they see is their shortcomings or areas that they would like to improve that they perhaps don't see as, as useful enough yeah, sure. or it'll give me some other insight into... The way they think, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, what's yours going to be? Yeah. Now? <laughs> oh, I might take that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, one of the ones, I mean, I, I guess I'm along the same lines as Fuiano is that, you know, I, I, I do try to, during the interview process, is, is set up scenarios, set up, yeah. you know, actual scenarios that I've had to deal yes. with in the yeah. past yeah. and see what their reaction to that mm-hmm. is and try to probe mm-hmm. on particular mm-hmm. aspects of that um, to try to, to force the issue, try to force the Back to the compare, comparing different organisations, mm. did you find size or local or global made it easier or harder for decisions to be made? Does it take longer in one organisation than the other? Yeah. How did that feel? Look, as a, as a general, maybe this is mm. general, general, yeah. general observation, certainly the, the very large organisations sometimes I've worked in, yeah. actually there's quite a difference. I work for a, a US corporation. Yeah. multinational, very large. Mm-hmm. It had distributed delegation, if you like, so the regional centres were were very influential. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a country level, so long as you were doing okay, you, all the decisions were able to be made at a country level once things were yeah. not going so well, then it, it sort of escalated up. Whereas, compare that to a large Aussie organisation that I worked for, mm-hmm. it was very bureaucratic. It took mm-hmm. a long time to mm-hmm. get decisions to actually mm-hmm. get those made. Those decisions were... Yeah, just making process seem to be seem to be fairly arduous. So really, one should not generalise, is what you're no, saying. Right. It depends it's on the organisation yes. you're working Correct. in, 
and the key that you gave us before is try understand the culture That's right. and the processes they have so that you can work with them and improve on them. Yeah, look, it's really important to get that uh, as early as you can on is, is you know, how, how the decision-making process work within the organisation. Yes. And again, you need to spend the time to understand that mm-hmm. because ultimately that's going to help you in terms of how you operate and how you go about yeah. the work that you've got to do. That is a really, I think, really important. Is it a question you'd ask at interview? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I yeah. think it absolutely would be. No yeah. question. Do you see that as a, a difference between industries, so that, that you have one, one industry or one sector that is more bureaucratic than others? I can't, actually. Yeah. I can't comment on Friday. I've worked across that. Yeah. <laughs> the two industries I've worked across from manufacturing and, and financial services and financial services the last 25 years. So, yeah, yeah. And again, I, I, you know, earlier on I made a comment that at the time when I was working in manufacturing, I made the switch across financial services. There was no question manufacturing at that time. Their management processes, their management behaviours were far in advance of their sort of financial services. Um, they had spent many, many years. I mean, they'd been in, uh, in business for a very long time and obviously they'd spent a long time. That particular sector had spent a long time, obviously, looking at those sort of things. And the way they actually progressed people through the organisation, it was very rare to actually sit in a role in that organisation for more than two or three years before you move into another. And they actually purposely target individuals uh, depending on their capability and, and calibre in order to move them through the various parts of the, uh, the business mm-hmm. so they get a, a very broad grounding and then to see whether they actually had true leadership potential. So it was a very, at that time, you go back quite a while now, a uh, very purpose-built approach to how they brought people through the organisation. So have you seen within the financial sector, services sector then, have you seen a change in Leadership skills, business leadership yeah, skills. Yeah, okay, absolutely. I mean, it, it has changed, um, and in other areas, it hasn't changed at all. Okay. Um, so again, I agree with Leona. It's also, of course, there are some organisations that are very good at it, and are able to take in new ideas and new things, and, and able to take those and, and really make a, a real success of it. Versus those that are very happy within the enclave that they develop for themselves. With all of the styles still survive. Yeah, they do. I think mm-hmm. they wish they would survive. <clears throat> and still find people who work with them who, whose skill set matches exactly their approach. Right. Exactly right. I think sometimes with people listening, we don't want to make it appear as though we're saying this is the set of skills that you should have and this yeah. is the way you should yeah. move forward because in your industry you won't get ahead in any other way. Yeah. So right. we, we still want to, people yeah. to recognise that they've got a skill set that might fit somewhere that they haven't thought of. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly right. So do you think for a personal development and growth is it better to work for more than one organisation than just work for the one? Or? Again, I mean, originally I used to have the, I used to have that view, and then I, I, sort of my view changes on that okay. from time to time. I think it does help. I think there's no question that having the opportunity to go and experience another organisation, another culture, another way of doing things right. is incredibly valuable. I think it there's a sort of level of pragmatism and adaptability that comes that has come along with that, and so you're able to adapt literally to, to new environments, you should be able to literally to new environments a lot easier. Having said that, there's also unique depth of experience within a particular business as well. I don't think one particular way of doing things is, is always is always right. So having both mixed yes. I think is very helpful. What you think you're in an organization what you want is those who are well experienced, who've got the depth, have been around some time, want to understand how it works. And then you inject that fresh love, that fresh thinking that those people who have um, had the diversity of experience in other organisations, if you can bring those two things together and meld them, then I suspect that's very powerful. We are almost 
at the end of the t- our time. Is there anything that we haven't yet covered in terms of business skills or places you've worked that Honestly, is uh, worth mentioning? <laughs> 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 worth mentioning. Um, I think we've covered quite a few. I mean, the, the topics are, you know, the, the leadership is a topic that you can yeah. all know and talk about for, for a very, very long time and obviously a lot of people do. The other thing I was going to say was I think along with changing styles of leadership and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, we see old styles and new styles, I think the awareness of the importance of leadership, at least in financial services, um, I've seen that change over the past 25 years. Mm-hmm. The awareness of its importance, not just at the most senior level, but down through the ranks, mm-hmm. um, I think that's that has definitely changed. And identifying leaders then yeah, through the exactly, ranks? Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's changed. Yeah. I think that's a real... Which that's, is, that's a positive for the industry, I think. Which is where probably the mentoring and the coaching comes yeah. into... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've seen a big difference. I mean, you know, you go back mm-hmm. 15 years ago, there was virtually... Well, well, it wasn't identified. I think we, we've talked previously about if we had a vision for ourselves, we looked for mentors. We didn't, we didn't use the word, yes, um, that's right. but we had coaches and we had mentors and we had... People we'd seek advice from or yes, people, exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, role whereas, models, all of those things. Whereas yeah. now it's become more structured. Very much structured. structured. Therefore. So that's another question that, that we generally asked our guests is what you see is the difference between mentoring and coaching. Oh. And then the, the second part of that question is a structured mentor program or unstructured? Oh, well, again, I'm sorry, I'm horses for courses. Yes. I've seen where structured <laughs> works. I've seen, in fact, I've got a particular instance right now where unstructured is, is helping that individual. Really okay. cool. There are diff, different levels of, I mean, unstructured means there are different levels of formality. At one of the spectrum, I think there is a, there's a real need for structured mentoring. And at the other, for those people who are a little bit more fluid, who are a little bit more dynamic or maybe don't really know their path. Yes. Something that's a little bit more unf- you know, informal, Inform. unstructured, is suits. Mm-hmm. So. so the difference between coaching and... Let me check the definition. Especially, I'm sitting here in front of Fuyana. It's If I can't disagree with her once during a broadcast, then someone else has to. Coaching for me is... Is something specific? Is you're is you're doing it to actually develop a particular skill set or a, whatever it happens to be? It's, it's very specific in its nature. Um, it is for a particular purpose. Mentoring to me can be very broad, um, and typically in the mentoring relationships that, that I've had, you know, the first few meetings are incredibly you're you're dealing with topics literally from one end of the spectrum to the other, and in time you may zero in on something, but typically you will then come back out and deal with some other aspect of your life, whether it be your work, whether it be personal, whether it be financial, Mm -hmm. um, spiritual, whatever it happens to be. Um, So mentoring can be a lot, to me, can be far broader, Mm -hmm. and it really depends on where the individual mentoree really ultimately wants to go. And you need both. And you need both. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Christian about it. Fabulous. There's a place for both. Well, thank you for your time today, Dennis. We've certainly covered a range of ideas and, and thoughts. Uh, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fulgana Osborne. We've been today with Dennis Gamby. This is Inside Exec.